I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks, and I'm joined by the Depon Chancery to my Simon Hallett. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. Justin, how the devil are we? Brilliant. Fantastic. Um, I'm excited for the episode that lies ahead. Uh, I'm mm. enthusiastic. I'm buzzing. Um, yeah. I'm every, every ray woman. of sunshine right now. Absolutely. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Well, I mean... <laughs> It is good to know that is the case. At, at the time of this episode going out, I will be in Denmark. So I'm really bloody looking forward to that because we're recording this advance with the beauty of it being an international break. It's an expensive country, Denmark, apparently. That's Every country in bloody Europe is expensive, but they're the best ones. No, they're not. They're actually not. I've been to Croatia and that's good value for money. I haven't actually been to Croatia yet. What's um? What is your favourite European country apart from, of course, England? Oh, England, lads, lads, lads. Um, my favourite European country. I love going to Germany. I absolutely love it. Okay. You the train networks. The train networks clean. It's efficient. Um, the streets are clean. You'll find that's most of Europe. It's just yeah. literally Britain, where the train network is an <laughs> absolute shambles. Have you been to Switzerland? I've not been to Switzerland. Um, so I cannot recommend Switzerland. It is just, oh, it's stunning. It's absolutely ridiculous how nice it is. Probably is. I'm going to Italy in a couple of weeks. I'm going to Florence. So if anyone's a big... Italy. You can't get on with Italy. They can't go wrong with Italy. Oh, right. So you can't get on with Italy. Oh, that was a controversial thing to say for all our Italian <laughs> listeners. Um, yeah, gonna. if anyone's a fan of Assassin's Creed, um, if you send me things to say, I'll record them. Um, like and send put them online maybe I probably won't but it just adds a little bit of what interest what on earth are you on about just it's a game it's all based in Florence it's the reason why I'm going it's the only reason why I want to go why do you want people to send you things to record I don't actually I'm just I'm just trying to keep upbeat and positive and get listeners involved I've literally no idea what you're on about at this probably point probably not neither do I it's just a normal recording then in that sense isn't it (laughs) welcome to the number one championship podcast the second tier thank you for joining us wherever you are so on thursday we talked about the utter shit from the transfer window we talked about the worst of the transfer window including the five worst transfer windows uh, for each championship club and uh, which signings we rated the least But in this one, it's a lot more positive. We're talking about the five best transfer windows, as well as the signings, the best permanent signings and the best loan signings. So we'll get on to that very soon. But a quick bit of admin, as always, just and I make this, first of all, the list, the same way as we make all our lists, where Justin makes a list, I make a list, and then we merge them together into one. So there's a happy medium for us there. So without further ado, 
our top five best transfer windows in the championship this summer. Justin Peach, who have we got in fifth? We've gone with Coventry City. Now, I know in the previous episode, I mentioned that Liam Kitching wasn't one of my favourite transfers of the summer. I still vehemently um, am on board with that. I do think Coventry have overpaid, but I like the rest of what Coventry have done. I like the signing of Jade Silver at left wing back. I think he's a really steady performer and has a higher ceiling that he's not yet fulfilled because of injury. Ellis Sims, I think, I know his performance not been ideal, he's not been great, but I think he will come good. Hadji Wright's really surprised me of how quickly he's taken to the championship and how sharp he's looked in certain games. Sakamoto, uh, Bobby Thomas, uh, Van Irwick, all really good signings. Jola Tibobodier, again, is, is another astute signing. Key thing here for me and the wide commentary, I think I've had a really positive window, is all players are 25 and under. J.D. Silva's the oldest at 25, which is... Crazy to think because he's been around for what feels like quite a while. They've got the peak years ahead of him. And with Coventry and Mark Robbins' habits, very good habit of, of developing and improving players, they might see a fair return of investment on those on those um, big money signings that they've signed this summer. Yeah, spot on. I think after losing Gustavo Hamer and Victor Jokerez, Coventry could have settled for a consolidation season. But what we've got instead is a massive showing of ambition. £26 million spent, the most by a side not receiving parachute payments. They've received 30 odd million for two players and have no debt. So why not go out there and splash the cash? £14 million has gone on two strikers, Hadji Wright and Ellis Sims. Wright scored 29 goals over two seasons in Turkey and has looked very promising so far, Justin. Uh, Ellis Sims, brilliant forward. Only 22. Hasn't had a great start in a Coventry shirt, but I'm also confident he'll come good. Tatsuhiro Sakamoto is a Japanese international and he looks like he'll be a lot of fun in attack. I've watched, I, I've enjoyed watching him so far in a Coventry shirt, just by not knowing much about him when he came in. Uh, Yasen Iyari's coming for Gustavo mm-hmm. Hamer. We'll wait yeah. and see about him, but he is from Brighton, so chances are he's probably class. And then at wing back, three and a half million on Milan van Ekwijk, who's got pace to burn and can apparently score free kicks, as we found out mm. last weekend. He looks a very exciting signing as well. Jada Silva's solid at left wing back as well. And then they spent a fair bit of money on Liam Kitching and Bobby Thomas at the back, who both played together at Barnsley last summer, both young, promising centre-halves. Uh, Joel Latibodier could also be a very shrewd bit of business. I just can't fault this summer for Coventry. They've spent the Hamer and Jokeres money brilliantly. And as I'm speaking, I wonder if we maybe should have had them higher in this list. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that one because they've addressed the imbalance they had last season because they were heavily reliant on, on individuals staying fit. They've addressed the balance of the squad added you know, depth in, in, in key areas. I know I've had the argument um, of depth being a certain issue um, and that's mainly down to maybe some certain areas being light of, of, of championship experience and quality like in defence over the McFancy and obviously but there there are players who can who've got room to grow and I think that's the key thing here is they've it looks like they've spent a lot of money but I think it's one of those where you you probably buy a house at 140,000 you put an extra 20k into it and it sells for 200,000 a couple of years down the line that's what that's what Coventry have essentially essentially done they future proof their squad which they need to because they're not a, a big hitter, are they? They're not a, a huge club. They once were. That you know, it's, that's the 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 reality of the situation they're in. And most clubs are in the championship. Yeah, well, they've signed players of selling value, haven't they? Spashed a fair bit of money on those players, but I'm sure that in the long term they will see the return for that money that was spent on these players. Um, 
fourth place, Stoke City. Now, you chose Stoke as the second best transfer window in the whole of the division, which I was quite surprised about, Justin. Yes, they've been busy, but I do wonder if you're doing what you did with Cardiff last summer, where you confused quantity over quality. Mm. What do you think? I have added that rationale in my notes, whether or not I've looked at number of signings for money and gone yeah stoke go on then it's just one of those throwaway things i do think they've had a good window because they've addressed like coventry they've addressed massive imbalances in the squad it was embarrassing to see last season how badly and poorly balanced it was from last season's summer transfer window it was genuinely really really bad um, but the likes of Keown and Hoiver have come in Larius, Linden, Gooch they've all added depth at right back I think Josh Tymon leaving is a bit problematic because then you've just left yourself with Ender Stevens um, as, as as natural cover at, uh, on the left hand side but still I think they've got enough quality to, to cover that um, I think it's certain signings that have impressed me the most Luke McNally I think coming in he's could could be one of the best signings of the summer on loan. He really impressed, and I think he was a major factor in Coventry finishing top six last season. Mark Travers has the potential to be one of the top goalkeepers in the division, as he's previously shown at uh, Bournemouth. Andre Vidigal has really impressed me. He's settled in very, very quickly. Ben Pearson on a permanent could be one of the signings of the summer. So I think I will shoehorn the fact that they've signed some really good individuals I'm not too bothered about the others, mainly because I don't know much about them, like Wout Berger, for example, and Ryan Amai. Um, but it's it's addressing balances and adding certain individuals into squad that have really sort of made me take note. Let me just correct you there. I believe it's pronounced Ryan Mayahi. And uh, also, of course, Andre Vidigol. So make yeah, sure yeah. you get that right for the future. There, didn't I? Um, I think Stoke have had a great window. It's one which has injected a bit of enthusiasm into the club because they've been coasting along at the bottom half of the table for years now, haven't they? And it's good to see them show a bit of ambition. I think it's been great, but I wouldn't say it's been one of the best in the championship because I think there were other teams definitely ahead of them. 18 players have come in, but I count only five or six, which are definitively good signings. Mark Travers, Keanu Hoiver, Luke McNally, Ben Pearson... I'd throw in Medis Leris, uh, Medi Leris, based off what I've read about him. The rest might be good signings, but you can't say for sure right now. The squad also seems very top-heavy. I count 10 forwards at the club, seven of whom were signed in this transfer window alone. And some players are going to have to miss out. There'll be players who they've signed this summer who simply won't be able to play regularly because you're only allowed 11 players on the pitch. So don't get me wrong. I do think it's been a great window. If it was that good a window, though, then I'd be looking at it and thinking they could get into the top six this season. But I don't think they will. I just think they'll finish mid-table again. So it can't have been that good a window. Mm. It's that toss-up of spending money and spending money well, which is why I'm now thinking Coventry should definitely be ahead of Stoke. And I think we've... Committed a bit of a faux pas there. We've okay. have a word. Yeah, you okay, maybe second. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I just remembered how we did the list. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit defeat on that. Yeah, I think maybe I felt pressured um, because Stoke fans have been barraging us like we've signed this, we've signed this, we've signed this. Great. They might be good players. There's 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 potential for potential there. Um but there's not necessarily guarantee for immediate success. So um yeah, I do apologise to everybody. For, for this for this massive cock up from my point of view yeah I'm not sure we'd have them drastically fall down I think Coventry should definitely be ahead of them and maybe yeah, that's the key thing 
maybe a couple of others. I'd still put them well within the top 10, but I just I don't think they were ever second best transfer window in the summer as you put them first mm. of all. Um, and are perhaps slightly lucky to be in the top five is all I'd say. But, you know, still a great transfer window. We can't emphasise that enough. It's just a lot of unknowns in there, isn't there really? Yeah. In third place, we have Hull City. Now, Hull were definitely late bloomers in this transfer window, but it's ended up being really exciting. Ruben Vinagre, left wing back, I think is a superb signing at championship level. It's Susan Perb because he's still only 24 and was once a regular for Wolves in the Premier League. The deadline day signing of Tyler Morton from Liverpool is great. He impressed in Blackburn's midfield last season and has room to develop as a player. It's the front line, though, which is absolutely thrilling. Scott Twine could be an excellent signing. Well, he'd be, I think it'd be an exciting signing for just about every championship side because his technical ability is out of this world and he's looked very sharp so far. You were making the point the other day about the number of chances he's created already in a Hall City shirt. And if this is a sign of things to come, then that's very, very exciting. Speaking of exciting, Liam Delap is one of the most exciting young strikers in the country. Had a stinker last season, but already looks so much more confident than he was. And Liam Rosinia has made a big point about him being the kind of striker he wants. And then five billion on Jaden Philogene from Villa. They might have overpaid for him a bit, but he's still just 21 and showed flashes of being a really talented player at Cardiff. You throw in Aaron Connolly too, who just seems to play a lot better when he's in a Hull City shirt than he does in any other shirt. There's a lot of potential in this team and a lot of players who are still young, but their careers haven't took off yet. It could all happen simultaneously at Hull City if everything just clicks together. Yeah, there's a really nice balance at Hull of of, of young players, uh, of of players in their peak and players who are experienced. Um, you look at Jean-Michel Serri, for example, and Regan Slater. Then you add in Tyler Morton. There's that. There's a you know, players who tick those three categories right there. And I think any team that brings in Scott Twine as well deserves to feature in this list because, like you said, like I pointed out, he's already been one of the division's most active creators in a handful of games he's played so far. I just think Liam Rossini had a, a fairly decent squad that was just thrown together last season, rightly so. I think everyone got a bit excited with the amount of transfers, including Akinola Kali. Um, and it's been refined this season and it's been refined with a touch that's been needed to it, a little bit of a little bit of flair from a um yeah, a recruitment point of view, because as I say, they've addressed some key things that needed to be addressed. Jaden Philogene adds that air of unpredictability that they, 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 need, they need in the final third. Tyler Morton is a really tidy passer, um, and it's a really smart move because I think he was exceptional last season for Blackburn in a, in a similar style under Thomason. So, yeah, I think I think there's been you know directness added into that final third. There's been um, you know good active uh, good active passes added into the midfield. Um, they, they've just been. Yeah, it's just been a really good steady window that they've addressed key weaknesses and they don't look like they have too many now uh, left over. Yeah, spot on. I think defence is still a bit of a weakness. They maybe could have done with a centre-half or two, but overall that team is just looking so much more well-rounded and balanced than it was last season. And there's a lot of potential in this team. Admittedly, a lot of the potential we're looking at is on loan, but in terms of this season, there's a lot of exciting... Uh, a lot of excitement around this whole City team because there's a lot of players there who a lot of other teams would be uh, 
would really like to have at their disposal. Let's go to the team we have second. Justin, who's that? It's Plymouth Argyle. Easy one, really. I think they are probably the only team in the division that are shopping at TK Maxx. They are getting designer brands for low, low prices. And let's be honest, <laughs> they've got some real marquee players for, for for really low fees. You look at the likes of Ballymumber and Morgan Whitaker, just over a million pound each. Lewis Gibson on a free transfer. Julio Palazuega, um, I think, is a, is, a, is a good addition. Luke Kundal. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pronounce names. Plague Rosuelo. Plague, but, but, <laughs> yep. Julio, as you're going to call Julio. him. Julio. Julio. Uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is they all fit within an ethos and style of the manager, which is great. Then you add in the, the, the loan signings of Luke Kundal and Finizaz. They're just brilliant technicians. And Kessler Hayden is a fast direct wing back with, with plenty of promise and, and room to grow this season. They've not shook the apple tree either. They've been really sensible. It's just been a gentle nudge, a gentle breeze amongst the, the tree, if you like, and it's knocked a couple of nice apples down and they're not too greedy. They're not filled the basket up too much. They're just waltzing off with three or four apples that will keep everyone going for the next day or two. Really sensible. Yeah, they've picked out some really, really good apples, haven't they? Um, I think if me and you had to make a prediction at the start of the season of well this is before a signing was even made if we had to guess which side would be top of this list for the best transfer window it probably would have been Plymouth that we guessed wouldn't it simply because we're both big fans of the way they do business it's data-led it's all about buying players with sell-on value it's how championship clubs should recruit in my opinion but it doesn't happen enough the headline signings are Ballymumber and Morgan Whitaker for a total of around two million pounds it's daylight robbery getting those two Young, extremely talented players for a pittance, really. The two centre-halves joined on a free in uh, Ben Gibson and Julio Plegrazuelo. Plymouth have been a bit leaky so far, but I think those two will prove to be excellent silings once they're settled in. Connor Hazard is coming from Celtic. He's probably been the best keeper in the division so far. And a player to keep an eye on could be a forward called Mustafa Bundu. He Mm. was once playing in the ninth tier of English football before moving to Denmark and eventually Anderlecht for £3 million. He's now at Plymouth, still aged 26, but has had a very strange career already in his career. Also plays internationally for Sierra Leone, but... They've signed extremely well and supplemented that with some very good loan moves with the likes of Kesler Hayden, uh, Kundal, etc. Their business this summer is the whole reason why I think Plymouth will be looking more towards mid-table than relegation battle, despite what the bookies say. What is that? I alluded to it with that really shit uh, metaphor that they've not shook the apple tree, and I think that's just a key thing. They've not, they've not recruited too extensively. They've signed Finnazaz, who was there last season, Morgan Mutsky and Ballymumbu were there last season as well, and Lewis Gibson. So they've done, they've done really, really well in 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 familiarising the players that know the style of play, so they can just come in and get on with it. And I think that's a that's a really important thing with teams that come up from League One. You look at Sheffield Wednesday, who who are at the other end of the spectrum in terms of a recruitment where it's just been chaotic and led by, I don't know, I don't, I don't even know who's a part of that recruitment time. What the is recruitment it led team. by? Yeah, exactly. It's led by a dartboard. <laughs> it literally is. It literally is. That's what, I would not? say Maybe, it literally is. Not, but, well, you know. We don't know. We don't know, actually. Who knows? Uh, yeah, wouldn't be surprised. Um, whereas Plymouth, as I say, it's just it's just measured, it's sensible, and it's and it's right. And it, and whilst they might need a little bit more quality to prop them up in, in, in January... They've got they've they've earned that opportunity to to do it, whereas other clubs have 
maybe done a bit too much this this summer maybe overthought it maybe let's go to the team we have down as the best transfer window of the summer and it's Birmingham City I mean, it had to be Birmingham City, didn't it? They've simply had one of the best transfer windows I can ever recall a club having. 12 players have come in and it's completely changed the aspirations of Birmingham City as a football club. They've had seven seasons where the highest finish was 17th. They're now looking towards the top six purely because of how brilliant this transfer window has been. They've essentially signed a whole new starting 11 and breathed new life into the club. Christian Bielik is the highlight for me, but then not far behind. Lee Buchanan, Ethan Laird at fullback, two 22-year-olds who have both been great so far. And they've even got Cody Trame in on deadline day. He was one of the best right-backs in the division at the end of last season. I mean, I could spend a good hour slobbering over how good each individual transfer is, but I won't because I think we've done it plenty over the past summer. But they've just signed a load of talented players, most of whom are under the age of 25, and it's not cost them an arm and a leg. Craig Gardner, the technical director, take a boo, son, because you've had an absolute blinder. That's the key thing, isn't it? They've they've done such a sensible job in their recruitment. And we look at um, years gone by. When was it? The 2017-18 season or was it the season before when, when BSHL completed their takeover? Or it might have been the year after they completed their takeover. And that transfer deadline day, they signed the likes of Yotta, Harley Dean, Maxim Collin, and it was just bonkers. Like, what is going on? And it exactly you know, typified the championship at that point where clubs were just spending ridiculous amounts of money. Where do you look at it now and it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? Sensible recruitment. You picked out Christian Bielik. I think Chris, I think Keshi Anderson's the pick, the pick of the bunch for me, as we all know. I, I love a bit of Keshi Anderson. One-year deals, great squad play. He's going to add a lot of quality in that final third when he's fit and firing. Um but all seriousness, Sariki Dembele, I think, is one of the captures as well. He's just incredible. Mm. And Ethan Laird's been one of the top performing right backs yeah, within our team in the month. That's the thing. You could pick yeah. five or so, and any one of them is a contender for best permanent signing, isn't it? Yeah, Lee Buchanan's been incredibly solid. And I was sceptical because I wasn't the eye test at Derby. I wasn't particularly impressed with him in a Derby shirt um, in any of the games he played. But he's been really, really effective under John Eustace. So. Yeah, there's there's a lot of balance in the team. There's a lot of flexibility. I feel like they can do uh, implement you know several different formations and do it comfortably. Maybe a little bit short um, in the striking positions, but you've got Jay Stansfield and Scott Hogan's uh, experienced enough and good for ten goals a season. Then Lukas Djukovic is Lukas Djukovic. He's he's a player in his own quality in his own right as well. So a really really good window. Really high on Birmingham City, and I I do think it's going to set them up for for positivity as opposed to what has been a dumpster fire couple of years for them. Yeah, I cannot agree more with that, Justin. Let's take a quick break. After that, we'll talk about our best permanent signings and best loan signings of the past transfer window. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to the Second Tier Podcast. So this is our summary of the best of the transfer window from the championship. We've just revealed the teams who we have down as the five best transfer windows from the past summer. Now it's time to talk about some individuals and some best permanent signings and loan signings. So we'll start off with permanent signings. Justin, who is your best permanent signing in the championship from the past transfer window? I've gone with Morgan Whitaker. I think he's he's my favourite capture. He's my favourite signing of the summer. Uh, around £1 million for a player who was League One's best player last season up until he's returned to Swansea. Not particularly a huge fan of how he was treated by the Swans. Firstly being recalled and moved to Rangers stalling for whatever reason. That's football sometimes. It is what it is. But that... Um, that not, not rejection, but lack of the opportunity is, is Plymouth's gain. Because on a technical level, I think he's got such a high ceiling. He's impressed me so far this season. His link-up play has been great. His directness to travel with the ball has been really, really effective. There's certainly some fine-tuning to do, and I hope it gets done because he's got the chance to prove both Derby and Swansea wrong if he continues his development. Really impressed with the signing and really looking forward to, to seeing what Stephen Schumacher can, can do with him over the next few months or seasons yeah I'm I'm amazed that he didn't get more of a look in at Derby and Swansea I mean Derby he didn't really he had to leave because Derby were in such financial peril at the time but at Swansea I think they've really missed a trick by not giving him more of a go and then letting him go for what was it one million one and a half million it's just shocking why and then he's already showed already this season what they're missing and he's going to he's going to be a very talented player anyway and the fact that they're they're almost certainly going to get more money in the future for him than the amount they've already spent is uh is why it's just such a obvious good signing in the first Mm -hmm. place but he's such a talented player and I think he's got a really big future ahead of him as far as my best permanent signing goes I was going to pick his teammate Bally Mumba because Getting both him and Whitaker for around £2 million is just astonishing bits of business to the point that it's essentially theft. But just to make it so we're not foaming at the mouth over over Plymouth's business, I went for someone else and I went for Christian Bielik to Birmingham City. Christian Bielik is one of the best ball-winning midfielders in the division, possibly even the best. A million pounds for him is absolutely ludicrous. And... It's clear Derby were just desperate to get him off the wage bill and Birmingham took full advantage of that. It just bamboozles me that there weren't more clubs Mm. in for him. I think he would have been a great signing for pretty much every team in the division. He's a beast in midfield, can play uh, the ball out, still only 25 as well. Keep in mind, he once cost 8 million quid. How many players are there that once cost that much money once upon a time and were available for an eighth of the price at 25 years old? He's just... It's just crazy, isn't it? He's just a quality player. Injuries are the big concern after they ravaged him at Derby, but he played 35 games last season, so he looks as if those days are behind him. 
his performances and fitness are going to be pivotal to Birmingham's ambitions this season. There's an incredible amount of jealousy from my point of view, and I'll happily admit it, that Birmingham are going to see the best the best from Christian Bielik as opposed to Derby, um, and they're doing it for a fraction of the price. Um, now, I think that's all credit to Birmingham for playing the system as well as they have done, because all they're essentially doing is needing to pay his wages because the fee... I, I, can't recall it being a fee of note. There might be some sell-on clause in there, but yeah, you lucky bastards, Birmingham, because he's going to be a top top player, and he's he's going to hit he's going to hit his ceiling, um, and that's going to mean clubs are going to come circling for him. I think at some point in the future, or he's going to get promoted with Birmingham because I do think that's a real possibility as well. He's an incredible player. Um, he's had a tough few years at Derby. Anyone, I've had a tough few years at Derby, um, so. <laughs> I think he's, he can be an incredible uh, an incredible player and I still think he's got gears to go. I really do. I, he, I don't think we've seen anything yet with him. Yeah, top player in two. Let's go to our best loan signings. Why are you laughing? Because so, sounded so like, yeah, top player. Just like, yeah, top player, quality. That's it. Just a tone. So, best loan signings then. <laughs> Who have you gone for, Justin? I've got with Scott Twine. No surprise, really, because I've been praising him already. But like I said, any club that signs Scott Twine deserves to be in a top five for, for, for best transfer windows. He's, the annoying thing about Scott Twine is I'm good that we didn't see a fit Scott Twine under Vincent Company last season. It could have been incredibly special. We saw really small, small glimpses of it. But you know what? We'll have to make do with a fit twine in a Liam Rossini team. Similar style of play, although not as not as punches as Vincent Kupney, although there could be the potential for that. But for me, as an attacker, he's got it all. He's generally one of the most gifted and consistent set-piece takers I've seen covering this league over the last few years. His quality at dead balls is is so obvious and he's shown that he's he's capable of drifting through games and being a, a pivotal um a pivotal creator. He's he's Again, like Christian Bielik, rough, rough year of injuries, but he's got such a high ceiling that I think he can really, really kick on at Hull as long as he stays fit. One of the poshest people I've ever heard speak as well, which is doesn't make anything, but it's so well spoken. It just adds, you know, it, I think it complements his creative ability very nicely. Does it? Yeah, <laughs> he's so well spoken, and he's so like he's so so well spoken with the ball. I guess I don't know, maybe a little metaphor there. I can think of in a couple of weeks' time. He is very well spoken. He's very much from the uh, Patrick Bamford school of, oh, okay, you, you're very posh. Um, <laughs> but I, I tell you what, Scott Twine is a, he's such a talented player. And I think in terms of technical ability, he must be right up there mm. as one of the most technically gifted players in the division. And think about it this time, just over 12 months ago. When he was at MK Dons, he was one of the most sought after players in the division. And him going to Burnley, that looked like it was. Burnley's most eye-catching signing, but obviously injuries got in their way in that respect. If he is injury-free, then Hull could be getting a player who could end up being the signing of the season, whether it's permanent or on loan, just because in terms of what he can bring to this Hull team, it could be astonishing. And he's already looked really sharp already anti so yeah I'm a I'm really wanting Scott Twine to succeed because he had such a bad time with injuries last season and I'm hoping that we see that and then as the season goes on I'm just going to be keeping a a close eye on how he does because he's just a lovely player to watch Um, 
And he's also posh, which apparently means something according to Justin Peach. Um, my best loan signing is Taylor Harwood Bellis to Southampton. And as many listeners will know, I'm a big Taylor Harwood Bellis fanboy and will continue to be for a long time. This is a ridiculous signing because firstly, he's way too good to be playing in the championship. He's a Premier League player. And secondly, he's exactly what Southampton need. A brilliant defender who's exceptional with the ball at his feet. Southampton have been very shaky at the back so far. This is exactly what they need to tighten things up. And I'm amazed a Premier League club didn't come in for him over the summer. Man City were reportedly willing to sell him for 15 million. He could easily be worth that in three or four years' time. Yeah, Justin, I was pulling that face yeah. as well. Um, so if he's playing in the Championship for another season, then that's a huge boost for Southampton. He's only 21 and has so much potential to be that good at the age of 21, particularly with the composure and playing out from the back. He's just mind-blowing. I think he'll go on to play for England because he's got everything in his locker to be an elite centre-half. And that's just another reason why I'm so bamboozled that Southampton have got him two things I need to point out there one I agree with you completely I think again he could be one of the signings of the summer I think he's an incredible defender and he's complemented that with an incredible ability to play out from the back um, and I mean it's hard to judge whether Burnley got worse with him out of the team last season because they were so efficient but you can probably put it put some you know lack of potency progressing the ball through the thirds without him in the team because he was so good obviously won the the uh, under 21s um euros as well in the summer which which counts for something because it doesn't happen at all if often so there's that and also you got through all of that praise without calling him a rolls-royce defender uh, i just know it winds you up so much justin why does it wind you up so much because it it's not i don't think it's a compliment i get it why because Rolls Royces are heavy and fat and ugly. Guess <laughs> <laughs> we're not being sponsored by Rolls Royce anytime soon. <laughs> well, they're, they're nice, classy cars, and they're, that's they're that's, so what, they? that's what the that's what the whole meaning of the phrase means. No, it's 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 complete nonsense. It's complete nonsense. Bollocks. They're not nice, classy cars. And if a defender gets described as a as a Rolls Royce, you know, frankly, I, I take that as a as an act of aggression. It's just not a way of complimenting someone. Um, so what, 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 what car... Keep in mind, I know absolutely nothing yeah, about cars. So know nothing. You could say anything here and it would mean absolutely nothing to me. But what would you suggest is a better car to describe a classy centre-half who just doesn't seem to be phased by anything? A classy centre-half? You're looking at a cars that are reliable. German engine, for example. Mercedes. Maybe you can go with... Oh no, maybe my car knowledge is crap as well. A nice I was Mercedes. Suggest a Bentley. I know that's not German made. Oh, Bentleys aren't very. They're just just a wish version of Rolls Royces, aren't they? Bentleys just oh, a bit okay. quicker. I don't know. Um, but I I I'd, I'd edge towards a Mercedes because they're efficient, they're well liked, and they're the lovely looking cars. They're a luxurious car as well, not Rolls Royce, but nonetheless, Taylor Harwood Bellis. He's going to immediately oh, yeah. improve that team. We're talking about well, Taylor Harwood. We're talking about. <laughs> He's going to immediately improve that team. Let's be honest. Um, and I've been critical of Southampton, um, but then bringing in Taylor Harwood Bellis gives me a lot more belief that they are going to head in the right direction, especially defensively and especially progressing the ball through the thirds and being more clinical in possession. Yeah, and I think Russell Martin is the perfect manager for him, just because he 
basically plays Taylor Harwood Bellis ball, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> so in that respect, it suits him down to a T. Exactly. Russ Martin's also got a good record of developing players too. So that's another positive for Taylor Harwood Bellis, the Mercedes defender. Um, now it's time for this. Hi, Simon Grayson Edge. Yes, it's time for Simon Grayson's Hateful Eight. So I'm going to ask Justin to name eight of a certain subject. All he's got to do is name all eight. So for example, if I would say name Steve Bruce's last eight clubs and he would say Villa, that's one down. And then Newcastle, that's another down. But if Justin were to then say Weymouth, he would lose a life. So all he needs to do is give me all eight answers, except I'm saying that. But it's me who's actually answering the question this week. So Justin is providing the question. So what have you got for me, Justin Peach, you bastard? Let's to celebrate the international break. Let's talk about Gareth Southgate. All right. Before we do that, before we get onto that, I'm got I'm going to name some random players who made appearances for Gareth Southgate, and this is going to probably drop your jaw for England. I'm guessing for England. Is. Yes, yes, not, not for, for Middlesbrough. Theo Walcott. He's played for Gareth what? Southgate. Phil Jagielka. He's played for Gareth Southgate. All these guys seem way too old. Jermaine Defoe. He's played for Gareth Southgate. Okay. Alex McCarthy. That, yeah, that one, fine. Okay, fair enough. And, Jim, uh, and Jack Cork. Yeah, Jack Cork is one of those, um, like, trivia questions of players mm, who... That's true. ...just cannot recall ever being in the England squad, but has a cap to his name. Yeah, Did he incredible. actually play for England? Did anyone see this happen? Or has he literally stolen a cap and said, oh, here we go. Right, here's my proof. It's the Michael Ball scenario. Scenario. Conundrum. Conundrum. Anyway, now we've got that out of the way. Reports have suggested, I've got to link it, reports have suggested he wants to leave after the Euros. Who will blame him? You're all bastards mm. to him. But I want you to name his most his, his eight most started players. Not his most cat players, his most started players. Ooh, okay. How many lives are you giving me? I'm going to give you two lives. Give me three. Go no. On. This is easy. Sunday. This is easy. You're going to get two. Most starter players. All right. Harry Kane has got to be on there, first of all. Correct. 61 appearances. Most 61 starts, I should say. This is a good question, by the way, compared to some of the other questions. <laughs> They've been horrendous. Um, most starts. I mean, Harry Maguire seems to get caught up all the time for some bloody reason, but oh, surely wow. he's got to be in there. Yes, he's... Well, Harry Kane or one... No, he's not. <laughs> Another debate for another day. Harry Kane and Harry Maguire are top two. Two Harrys. Uh, all right. Pickford's got to be in there. Yep, that's your third one. You're going in order. This is incredible. Mm. Ooh, okay. I'll throw in John Stones. I think he's got to be in there. Ooh. I think. You're still in order. That's your fourth Am one. Am I? Yes. Wow. Keep going. This is incredible. Uh, I reckon Sterling has got to be up there. Ooh. No, you're not in order, but you are correct. He's sixth. Sixth. So I'm missing fifth, seventh, and eighth. Mm -hmm. Right. Three remaining, eh? Uh, Now now it gets a bit tricky because I'm I'm looking at people like Declan Rice and what have you, and I'm thinking, you've only been around for a a handful Mm -hmm. of years, where Southgate's been there since... 2016. 2017? 2016. 2016? Yeah. Um... Jordan Henderson's been around for a while. I reckon he might be in there. 
Wrong. Boo, Jordan Ooh. Henderson. Boo, he's not yeah, on there. Boo, Jordan Henderson. His interview, by the way, quick side note, his interview with The Athletic in midweek was absolutely embarrassing. Yeah. He should be ashamed. But he isn't because he moved for money. And that's shameless, isn't it? Yeah. So but apparently he didn't move for money, Justin, is what he's <laughs> okay, saying. Why, yeah, didn't you play sure. in, why didn't you play in bloody Syria then, Jordan Henderson, you twat? Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> no, you carry on. You've got, to, you've got I, two more guesses. I, I, I was going to say something a bit harsher, but I remember that this is going on YouTube now and we're getting monetized, so I've got to be more careful with what I say. Um <laughs> Doing it a lot worse. <laughs> uh, so Henderson's not in there, eh? Um, all right. Luke Shaw. Oh, Ryan, you've fallen at the hurdle. No, no, no. Give me one more life. Go on. I'll give you one more life because this is this is a nice little little one. Yeah, it's hard though. I don't think it is. Because you get to this stage now where there's just so many random lads who. I've only been around for so many years, so I'm not sure if they've had the longevity, unless I'm seriously you, forgetting someone. I'll tell you the difference in caps. Raheem Sterling's at 50 in sixth, then it drops to 40, and then 34. Sorry, starts, not caps. Who's fifth then? How many, how many is fifth? Kyle then? Walker's fifth. 51. I didn't say starts. Kyle Walker, you, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you did. I didn't. Incredible. There's one. <laughs> Kyle Walker, thank you. Um, Right. Just because I'm struggling to think of anyone else, I've got a controversial one. Is Eric Dyer on there? No, he isn't. This okay, was this was painful. Go on. Sutherland was Declan Rice with forty. I didn't think he's been around there for that long, but I, I'll accept that. I'll, I'll accept that. I'll take that one. Eighth was Kieran Trippier with thirty-four. But Walker's on there as well. Yes, back three. I know, but I didn't think they played back three that often outside of tournaments I can't recall well you look at Trent Alexander-Arnold's barely got a look in with Kyle Walker there yeah I don't think I would have ever gone with Trippier because I just thought there's just so many options at right back that we played left back as well we play that much yeah I know but still I, I, that was a good question to be fair to you lovely I'll take that thank you even though I gave you one yeah you did <laughs> <laughs> well there we go ladies and gentlemen that's been Simon Grayson Take for Late this has been the Second Tier Podcast we'll be back again on Thursday where it's going to be a preview episode of the games coming up this coming weekend in the Championship so we look forward to seeing you then this has been the Second Tier Podcast I've been Ryan Dilks I've been Justin Peach and a big thank you for listening Second Tier is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.